0: Surgeons do the incredible they help save lives and so can you by donating at CSL plasma your CSL plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that may give the cashier from your local deli the chance to see your daughter's championship game or give your barber the chance to celebrate his golden anniversary Do the amazing help save lives donate today at your local CSL plasma center and receive up to a thousand dollars your first month varies by location and is subject to change.
3: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by
4: AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations.
3: So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty, plus guaranteed financing, they have made it
4: possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500.
3: And tell them you heard about this deal on 1075 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA
0: Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air.
2: Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman, with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while, we're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has
4: accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the recent Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range, uh, um,
2: a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home, home of the, the Gamecocks, Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. The game.
1: 11 Wednesday morning. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, West. Chris, here with you. A lot to get to here. Heard from Shay Beamer yesterday. A whole bunch of South Carolina players as the Gamecocks turn the page, move on from Georgia, start to focus on the upcoming matchup against Charlotte. Uh, a get right opportunity, certainly, for South Carolina. And we'll talk more specifically about some matchups. Uh, for that Charlotte game to sort of preview it more specifically tomorrow and Friday today, really focusing on uh, basically what you all collectively and even us here feel like we need to see from South Carolina to believe that some improvement has been made. It's going to be hard to step down in the level of competition from Georgia. Certainly. Uh, what are some of the, the gray areas? How, how can we read between the lines and see whether this team is making improvement over the course of the next couple of weeks? We'll have that. But first time to give you guys an opportunity to win some money.
2: It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize. In our $25,000 signing bonus contest, just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is
1: shop, S-H-O-P. You can go shop with $25,000. You can probably find something to buy with that. Shop, S-H-O-P. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text
2: messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game.
1: Wes, Chris, how's it going? What's up? Everything's good? Not much? Yeah, you all good? Did y'all hear from Mrs. Satterfield? We, we missed that segment. Oh, it's a shame. That's one of the best we've ever done. Or, or one of the worst we've ever done. Or worst. Rod said it was better than Gamecock Larry, so. I know. I pray. And I, I'm not even saying I agree. Gamecock Larry is our hour two open. Obviously uh, an institution around here. But it was, uh, it
5: was pretty extreme. Listen, Pearson, you know, the plays were there. You know, we just got to execute maybe better. The, the plays are there. We just got to make them. I think the segment was set up well. We just got to make the play.
1: I think, I think we executed just fine. I think it was a good play call. I think we executed. I think it was great. Um, guys, let's start there. We heard from Shane Beamer yesterday. We heard from several offensive players. We'll hear from the coordinators here in uh, just a little over an hour. One of the common threads with the offense. Well, let's say a, a couple of the common threads. And we've heard this a lot through this year, through parts of last year. You know, One, what do you need to do to get the ball into your playmaker's hands a little bit more? Well, you need to stay on the field a little bit more. Well, what do you need to do to stay on the field a little bit more? Well, the plays are there. You just got to execute. At what point are the plays not actually there? At what point, you know, you have a sample size. Hey, it looks like this play is here, but if your guys aren't making the plays, are the plays really there? Were the plays there for Shane Beamer at Oklahoma, maybe at Georgia, and they aren't there here? I think it's okay to acknowledge that some things need to change, but we hear that very consistently. We heard it again yesterday. The plays were there. They just have to execute At what point is that the responsibility of the coaches and no longer on the players?
4: I think in trying to be as fair as possible, that has been said and I think is very fair to say maybe it's been said too much, especially when I I think the fan base collectively is at the point where they will probably not be happy with what's said in press conferences. (laughs) The only thing that it, it doesn't matter what's said, you know, even though they may say, well, we want to hear this. Really what they want to see is stop talking and let's make it better, right? But we're going to continue to have press conferences. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um I I do think that Shane Beamer, Marcus Satterfield, they do attempt, to their credit, to be, you know, to give information during the press conferences and not just give a whole bunch of coach speak. I mean, there's a little in there, but <laughs> – um I think they have pointed out, we've got to do a better job of this and that, and, and that gets to the point where it's not going to be, I think, satisfactory for anyone. When you look on the field, it it is kind of hard for me to count the Georgia game as, you know, like how much stock do you put into that, right? I think we can view it in light of what we saw against Arkansas, some of those struggles, what we saw against Georgia State. And the fact that the offensive performance against Georgia, no matter how talented, deep, good they are, should have been better, right? They should have scored some points. They should have made more of those plays. I do think with what's been said in the pressers and what we've seen on the field, there has been some of both. And I'm not trying to say that as a cop-out, but Mm -hmm. have there been some plays out there? Absolutely. Have there been a lot of opportunities where we're sitting here going, what was that call? What's, you know, what, what's the thought process here? You're not getting your guys in positions? Yeah, I think we've seen some of that too. Yeah.
1: well, Yeah. I mean, and Wes, I, I I try to be, a, I don't try to overly criticize the players and, and certainly not to say that like, uh, you know. Well, I I have no problem criticizing the players where credit is due. There was a, you know, there were a couple opportunities I thought Marshawn Lloyd had to, to make a big play and he didn't win a one-on-one in a hole with the Georgia defender. Like the play was fine. Maybe that's an opportunity that Shane Beamer's talking about. The play's there. Marshawn Lloyd's either got a, break through a tackle or make a guy miss, and he didn't. So I don't think the players should be absolved from criticism. But the idea that the offense can be this consistently inconsistent uh, and it just essentially be boiled down to, well, the plays are there and you just got to execute, at some point, you know the, the, the coaches aren't drawing up the things that they're able to execute.
3: Yeah, and I think there's a great deal of self-awareness from Shane Beamer. I mean, he even, in the segment of the press conference where he was talking about that, He even sort of acknowledged, like, hey, I understand every coach in the country says things like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I'm not trying to be a, you know, well, if this had happened, uh, paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. kind of coach. And, um, you know, I think we also have to remember there are certain things that are going to be said in a press conference um, that our coach speak. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that coaches just are not going to say. 3 games into the season going into week 4 mm-hmm. um they're not going to throw a their guys under the bus they're not going to throw their assistant coaches under the bus that's mm-hmm. just that prob- that does them no good that mm-hmm. doesn't help anybody to go in a press conference and throw them under the bus i i guarantee Shane Beamer wishes there was more output from mm-hmm. the offense right now so now he's not going to go in there like that's not what a leader does like the fans can get ticked off if they won't mm-hmm. If you are winning games, people don't care what you say in a press conference. If you are losing games, and they're seeing similar issues, they're gonna the coaches are gonna say similar things, and the people are gonna say, "I am tired of hearing that," mm-hmm. and that's natural. But I don't know what else the coaches are supposed to say either. Beamer has apologized; he's put it on himself. I haven't really heard him like put it on other people. He's he's taken ownership of the issues. I feel like um, now, as far as like, are the plays there or are they not? I I feel like most offenses, you can probably go back over the course of a game and say, yeah, that play was there. That mm-hmm. play was, you know, good offenses, bad offenses, great offenses, awful offenses. You can, pro- you can pick out plays and say, it was there. We didn't make the play. Um, ultimately, I mean, I think we've well arrived at the point of, hey, this is on the coaches to – put the offense in a position to execute at a higher percentage. And I, I think that was that was the issue last year, but you gave, um, or I did. I wanna, don't want to speak for everybody. I gave a pass ultimately because of just all the different things going on last year. Uh, going into this year, you don't necessarily have that.
1: Right. Um, two things. One, the uh, I don't mean to coach speak, but here's some coach speak has, has now become, no offense, you're really ugly, you know? <laughs> It's like okay, well, I'm still going to be offended despite your preface. Uh, number two, Preston, when did fair
5: and justifiable criticism become throwing someone under the bus? Ooh, that's a phrase, man. Throwing someone under the bus because uh, I don't know if you've ever played sports and you've had a coach. You probably got thrown under multiple buses just call you suck or you're not <laughs> playing very well today, Preston. What's your, what's your problem? Well, you know that? I don't know. We get the idea of accountability and throwing it under the bus. I guess throwing under the bus is what we're supposed to present out in public. But we can still be fair and justified in our criticism of the output. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to criticize the person of the output of a particular pus- person. Yeah. Gamecock history has probably the greatest example of throwing under the bus when Steve Spurrier called Ron Cooper out and said, oh, we're, Ron, I don't know what we were doing that time, right? That that was probably <laughs> throwing him under the bus. He probably didn't need to do that. Yeah. That was probably a little bit too far. Uh-huh. But saying that, our offense isn't being productive. That's not throwing somebody under the bus. Yeah.
1: Uh, th- like, Shane, I think he did it after the game. It was like, yeah, the you know, the offense needs to be coached better. And he's like, and I need to coach better. And Clayton needs to coach better. And Pete needs to coach better. And it's like, yeah, all those things are true. It's like, you you don't have to, it's almost like you, you're you taking away the gravity of, of, like, making a valid criticism of one part of the team when you just, like, all of a sudden make it universal. I, I, I think Chris probably made the best point in all this, which is that, no matter what the coaches say, it's not going to matter until South Carolina starts to repeat the results. Shane Beamer could – somebody could text in a random fan or even me. I could type up a script for Shane Beamer. Everything that I want to hear him say in a press conference, he could read it verbatim, and people would still be like, well, I didn't remember, just because the results aren't where they need to be. But I, I do think it's, it's important to kind of evaluate you know, the things that they do say, the things that the coaches are citing as areas where South Carolina needs to be better, starting faster getting to the ball into their playmaker's hands. We hear a lot about those points of emphasis. So I think it's fair to continue to ask the questions. Okay, you guys are clearly emphasizing this. Why is it not happening? And even even if Shane Beamer went up there
4: and said things that people say they want him to say, like, you know, I I think, whatever it may be, I'm just going to make it up. I I think Marcus has done a terrible job calling the games this year. Mm -hmm. He's not going to say that, A. B, even if he did, the follow-up, from fans would be, well, if he thinks that, why is he not fired? Yeah. You know,
1: or or, or even just the reality that like just, just saying that doesn't magically fix your offensive problems. You know, no, it's, it's it not like then Carolina goes and scores 50 points. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's, it's
4: a results thing. I mean, you can get up there and, you know, if they were winning, he could get up there and be as boring as possible mm-hmm. and, and, all, and you know, people would be mildly irritated and that would be the yeah. end
1: of it. Everybody loves Bill Belichick despite being famously gruff because he won six Super Bowls. So. You know, winning cures all. But I I guess I just come back to the, the tidbits that they do offer. I think it's fair to criticize.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today.
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus. Turns and conditions apply.
1: Why did Juice Wells not get the ball? Well, we got to run more plays. Okay, well, you ran 64 of them, and he had two targets. So how many plays do you do you need to run? 80 plays to get Juice Wells into the offense? Do you need to run 80 plays for Jaheim Bell to get more than two targets or play more than—I think he played 19 snaps maybe on Saturday— I, I don't understand where that disconnect is.
4: Yeah. And I, I think it gets to the point where you kind of start talking in circles because if you, every week, there's going to be the, why didn't you get this guy the ball and that guy the ball? And, and I think Beamer's even addressed that before. And it's going to be some combination. It's going to be some answer. <laughs> the answer is going to be, we got to run more plays. Right. The answer could be or has been, we got to do a better job scheming it up. And then if it doesn't happen, you're going to get asked it again next week. So I, I go back to that. There just has to be better results or these conversations will continue happening in press conferences. So I
1: guess with that in mind, and whether it is one of these things that the coaching staff has identified that we've identified or something else, Wes and Chris, I want to get your answers on the other side. What are you looking for? Charlotte, but let's go Charlotte and SC State. The next two weeks, games in which South Carolina should be able to score points, in which they should be able to win comfortably, what are you going to need to see to believe that significant improvement has been made beyond what shows up in the score because you're playing inferior opponents compared to Arkansas and Georgia. Want to hear your suggestions on that, too. Already gotten some good ones today on the text line and the Love Chevy phone line, and you can hit us there, 803-404-6100 for the text line or the uh, Love Chevy phone line, and you can go all of us on Twitter. I'm at Pearson Fowler. He's at Coach P Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, and at GC Chris Clark. It's
2: the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
1: Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by
2: Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The
1: The Game. Game. Welcome back into the Extra Point. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 21 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. Turning the page, Georgia in the rear view. Charlotte ahead, wondering what Chris and Wes are wanting to see, needing to see in terms of improvement for South Carolina. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to remind you to join Heath Klein for a very special edition of Game Time this Thursday, that's tomorrow, from three to six out of Columbia Craft on Green Street. Columbia Craft can be your game day headquarters, and they're proudly distributed throughout the Midlands by KW Beverage. So be sure you go see Heath Klein in Game Time out at Columbia Craft on Green Street tomorrow from three to. Until six. So, Chris, you did a very good job of laying out uh, the extent to which Charlotte likes to give up points so far this year. um, (laughs) Yeah. Including what? Was it 41 to Bill and Mary? Yeah, I think Bill and Mary had 41. Yeah, they gave up 50-something to somebody else. They gave up 41 to Georgia State last week. This is a game that South Carolina should score some points. That being said, if Carolina scores 45, let's say they win it 45 to 20 or whatever. They cover the spread. They score into the 40s. A lot of fans are still going to say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, need to see it in SEC play. And there are going to be some people that whatever happens the next two weeks are going to say, I need to see an SEC play. And that might, that's probably a fair way to evaluate it. But I do believe there can be improvement in those games, even if we don't get an opportunity to see it showcased until Kentucky or Texas A&M after the open week. What will you look for to demonstrate progress in the next two games?
4: Yeah, you are going to have to go beyond the box score, uh, and I'll just take it one game at a time, you know, both those games, but
1: particularly oh, against look Charlotte. Look at that. Taking it one game at a time. Good for you, Chris. Another,
4: yeah, we were just talking about coach speak, so <laughs> work that in.
1: But, you know, I think it's a
4: benchmark for South Carolina to score a bunch of points in this game. Like that, if you don't see that, probably there there could be some things within the game that could derail that where it doesn't matter. As like much, if they return every
1: not. punt for a touchdown,
4: and the offense just doesn't take the field? Yeah, I mean, something like that. You know, I mean, you're going to need to see a bunch of points in this game. Um, if not, you're more concerned. But it's not like you can't go, oh, they got to score, I don't know, 56, or there's nothing to take away. So I think but the baseline is they've got to have a better performance and put up points. Your eyes could deceive you when you go from, you know, Charlotte and SC State to then going to Kentucky and all the SEC teams that they're going to end up playing. But y- you do just want to see them physically dominate this team because they're going to be bigger, faster, more skilled for the most part. Right now, Charlotte does have some P5 transfers and things like that, but they're not good defensively. So I think you want to see South Carolina score early. Yeah, <laughs> that's a mouthful, but score early. Right. Physically dominate, not have a bunch of trouble, you know, be able to run the ball, not turn the football over. Just make it look more easy, quite frankly. Um, Maybe they get in the fourth quarter. This is just a made up scenario, but let's say they've scored, I don't know, 38 points in the fourth quarter, 42. And you just kind of pull back. Okay, we're good. You know, maybe you don't get into the high point totals then, but they need to quarters one through three. This game needs to be over by Mm halftime. They need to have scored points on most of their possessions, and they need to make it look clean and efficient. Right.
1: Is it fair to say, Wes, that Carolina needs to do to Charlotte what Georgia just did to to them last Saturday, where you have Carson back in midway through the third quarter?
3: I I don't know if it has to go that far, but I think that'd be a great sign. Like, you know, some people may say, well, what does it mean? It's against Charlotte. I think it's one of those things where um, if they score 48, 50 points, what does it mean? It means that it wasn't the opposite of that. Because I, I think you don't you don't maybe learn a ton from scoring fifty, but we'd learn a lot if South Carolina scores twenty one points yep. this week. And I, I I look back, you know, some of the games last year against teams that we probably would be saying the same thing about going in as in, oh, it didn't matter if you scored forty eight against those guys. South Carolina scored twenty points against ECU. They scored twenty three against Troy. They scored 21 against a Vandy team that down the stretch gave up 45, 31, 34, 37, 45. And then before they played South Carolina, they got beat 42 to nothing by Florida. So I think, yeah, in the grand scheme, it maybe doesn't mean much if you score a bunch of points on these guys, but it beats the alternative. And I want to see a team that doesn't have to just like I'd almost rather see some twelve play um, you know, seven yards here, six yards here, thirteen yards here, than just, you know, you score on a bunch of explosive plays where maybe your guy just beats their guy and, mm-hmm. you know, just scores because they're better. I wanna see I wanna see some drives where people after that drive are saying, that was a well executed balanced drive with few mistakes um even against georgia state you can look and say well man they had an opportunity there shot themselves in the foot with an offensive pi uh shot themselves in the foot because they got sacked there had a holding call um it's never going to be perfect like i said yesterday but i think you just want to see more consistency
4: as far as offensive execution goes bill and mary had 303 rushing yards Whoa! Six. Did point, they run the triple six option? Six point four carry. I don't believe so because they also passed for two fifty six. Wow! You should have your way. That's what that's what I mean when it should come out and there should not. It should be a no contest. There shouldn't be first and ten run and you're stuffed at the line. <laughs> it shouldn't be a third and one and you just are just by the by the skin of your teeth getting the ball over the line.
1: So all, all of your zero and negative yard plays should be zero yards because it was an incompletion.
4: Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well that's perfect. That's that's what fantastic mm-hmm. the year. 803 404 6100 Uh Casey's up next on the Love Chevy phone line. What's up, Casey?
0: How's it going, fellas? I don't think I've ever got all four of y'all at one time. This is great.
1: The floor is yours, Casey. You can ask you can ask all four of us a question if you want. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to do a question at the end, but I looking at Shane Bieber in the press conference takes me back to when I was younger. And I think that y'all can relate that whenever y'all did something stupid or ended up in a stupid situation, your dad or your mom would look at you, and they would know, they would want to know the why. And it didn't matter what you told them as far as what you did to maybe avoid getting in this. They didn't want to hear that. They just wanted to know why. And we all know why we thought it would work. They didn't want to hear that either. So like Shane, I trained myself over time to say yes, sir, and okay. And then I learned he was more angry about those two words than all the other things because he thought I wasn't hearing the message. And I truly think that Shane is very well aware of all of the issues. But being patient is something that as I've got older, I've got to learn how to do. And as a fan base, we, we really need to simmer it down. And give Shane time and trust Shane because if it comes to firing Marcus, I think that he'll do it in a timely manner and at the right time also. And I trust that. And I just kind of want to leave that note out there and take it away. Thank you. I
5: right, appreciate the call, Casey. Um, First of all, Casey, did we grow up with the same father? <laughs> 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 I definitely, definitely went to the apparel. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. What do you mean, sir? You not even saying it. So I definitely tried that same that same tactic. Um, but great call Over, overall great call yes there probably does need to be some temperament and as Chris said just like your parents there's probably nothing why did you jump off the house Preston well I thought it was going to be fun that's a stupid reason you know <laughs> like there's nothing that you're going to be able to say to appease them and right. so I, he's in a tough situation I get it so but at the same time I would I personally would still like to hear a little bit more of the why
1: Oh yeah. And and, you know, maybe it's something after the fact, one way or the other, we'll, we will get more, we'll get more on the story after the fact, assuming that Marcus Satterfield is not the offensive coordinator for Shane Beamer's entire tenure in Columbia for however long that is, there will be a point when that relationship ends. And I guess probably then we'll, we'll get more information. And, And look in general, I mean, I acknowledge we, we are all too, we are all way too impatient is one year, in which you had four different quarterbacks. It, if Shane Beamer didn't feel like that was the sample size that he needed to make a decision, a definitive decision on the offensive coordinator, if you feel like you need two years, you should give a guy two years. You know what? What happened to give a head coach four to five years? You're you're not gonna you're not gonna go ten for ten hiring assistants. You're not gonna go twenty five for twenty five every recruiting class. Um, you know, this is just a little bit more glaring because you have been unable to score the football, and it feels like there's an easy solution right there. But yeah, I mean this is this is the first big decision that Shane is gonna have to make. I, I I don't have any I don't ha, I have Shane Beamer has not given me any reason not to trust him because it's it's early in his coaching tenure. If if this continues and he still sticks with Marcus Satterfield for a third year, then I think it will be fair to levy some criticisms, assuming that things don't get better. But right now, I, Casey's probably right that the the most reasonable route is to trust the process at this point.
3: Yeah, and I don't think any coach. Um, I don't want to say any. We do see it from time to time. Normally, later in a tenure, they're they're not going to get rid of a coordinator after three games, and especially after playing the number one team in the country. Like I, I think uh, we got to be realistic. Like there are certain people who are going to post in the comments basically the second anything goes bad, fire this guy, fire that guy, get rid of them all. They suck. They're awful. Um, that's just not the way it happens. In the real world, I I think I think there will be at the end of the year a very real evaluation of where the offense is and what the future plans are for the offense. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, you're always evaluating if you're a head coach, but three games into year two is not when any coach, in my opinion, is going to be thinking about, oh, am I going to just get rid of this guy right now? Like I, I think that's the way some fans think, but that's not the way the leader of a program is going to think, in my opinion.
1: It may be the right call. Uh, I'm fond of, well, I mean, a lot of Preston sayings, but he said if something must be done eventually, it must be done immediately. That's kind of how I feel about this. But I, I guess maybe, maybe in Shane Beamer's mind, there is still reason to
5: believe that it might not need to be done eventually. I could go for that. Maybe somewhere. Deep down in the recesses, maybe he he is really familiar with what's going on, and maybe he really has all the reasons as to why something's not happening. Mm-hmm. I can buy that for but sure. That, but think, that's
1: what he needs to explain, in my opinion. That's, yes, if that's where the explanation to, comes in. If he wants the tiebreaker from the fans and from the media, and for people to you know take the time out of their day and their week to listen to his media availability, I think it. I think there's a if he feels that strongly about keeping Marcus Satterfield, there must be a better explanation than the plays are there. We're just not hitting them. And I'm just curious what that
5: is. Yeah, and, and to that to that point, the idea of the plays being there and, and just not hitting them, I think we as a fan base, we we know that talent reigns supreme. Obviously, Georgia with all the five stars, we understand that. But I think the value of a coach is to be able to get everybody to a baseline of good, be able to be able to make the average play, not the great play because you probably can't coach some of those things, a one-handed catch, making somebody juke, some of the stuff that, extraordinary players do. But when we're talking about the players are there, we just have to execute. Well, execution is on the menu for what a coach should be able to get their player to Mm do. I'm not talking about making a phenomenal play or even a great play. I'm just talking about throwing the ball, catching the ball, making a block, making a tackle. Not a tremendous tackle, because I will grant you that sometimes talent takes that next step. But coaches are responsible for the plays being there and making them.
1: And there is more talent than the 100th best offense in the country, which is what they are right now in scoring offense and total offense. Agreed. Those are the questions that need to be answered. With that in mind, report cards. Preston and I gave ours in the 10 o'clock hour. Wes and Chris will give their report cards for offense, defense, special teams. Next. It's the Gamecock Central
2: Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game.
1: 11.40, Wednesday morning. Wednesday, my dudes. Here's some Preston, Wes, Chris, here with you in the Herndon Chevy studios at 107.5 The Game, uh, eagerly awaiting Wes and Chris to give their final report card. Uh, neither of you has taught before, correct? Correct. Chris, were you ever a teacher at any point in your life? No. Okay. So you've never written a report card. Preston, the only one here that's written a report card. He gave some very good sample, you know, comments home to accompany the grades. If such and such student would just apply him or herself, then... You can easily see this grade, whatever. Uh, we did have Mrs. Satterfield call earlier. Um, we appreciate that. That's air quotes Mrs. Satterfield to defend the grade that we gave to her son, which is fine. Um, I got a couple more hits uh, with that in mind. Got a text here from Frank Beamer. You know, Frank uh, Beamer. Air quotes Frank. Yes. Uh, the Citadel, uh, Virginia Tech. Right now I'm talking to my fans, Gamecock fans, and Shane. shame, my boy, if you associate with the wrong crowd, you're going to get a bad reputation too. Time to break up with your friend Marcus. You're not going to make the grade uh, if you're depending on him for the group assignment. That's tough, too. Those group projects. Good call. Preston, did you assign group projects as a teacher?
5: I've definitely moved. I, I, it's something that always sounds good in teacher school. It sounds good in theory. But then when you see it in practicum, you realize that two people are doing the work for five and students, the it. It's, it's not for it's forced fun. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I uh, also got a text here from Frank Martin.
1: Saying uh, Marcus Satterfield is getting grilled for something he can't control. COVID has affected all of our teams. It's true, it's true. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, it's been a lot of role play today, guys. I, I don't know how how into the teacher role you want to get, <laughs> um, but we'll start. We'll we'll go in the same order the president and I went. We will start with special teams. Uh, Professor West, Professor Chris, what is your grade for South Carolina special teams after the first quarter of the academic year?
3: You know, I I am going to go a minus um based uh on the ability to create some plays uh you know some fakes that worked mm-hmm. for the most part um you know just a well coached group they they got docked a little bit because uh, apparently against Arkansas there were a couple of opportunities for a return uh that could have busted out from from what I think Beamer had said and um, obviously some uh, some bad, some bad operations on a couple snaps uh, hurt you there. But
1: two PATs in particular.
3: Yeah, for the most part, you know, you replace Parker White, and we're not sitting here talking about kicker issues. Um, Kai Kroger is phenomenal at punter, so yeah, A minus. Don't know if there's even
4: a whole lot to say or add. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I'll go A minus <laughs> two even less to add now that you said that (laughs) Uh, they did give up. Let me pull up the number in addition. Very few negatives with that group, right? A couple missed opportunities, some bad snaps um, that I guess what, only one of those really hurt you um, Mm -hmm. with the extra point. And there was one play against Arkansas. I mean, we're really kind of digging in the bag here. Uh, A punt return third. No, 13-yard punt return. Okay, it's not 13. <laughs> it was. It looked longer. I, I remembered it in my hmm. head as longer. And then there were, you know, if you're really, really, really reaching against Arkansas, you had a couple onside kicks that had no chance, but then they ended up getting one.
1: Right. Yeah, so, 33% is a decent percentage on onside yeah, kicks, I That's, guess, so. that's pretty decent. Um, Way higher than the
3: average for like... Every onside, yeah, It
1: feels like the average is about zero point zero one percent on just like every onside kick I it's watch. Like, on a Actually, Saturday higher Sunday. than South
4: Carolina's third down percentage on offense. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even joking. Yeah. They are, I think, at about twenty seven
1: percent. Yeah, so not great. Okay, that's good. So I think I gave a minus <laughs> a- press, and you gave B plus, correct? To special
5: teams, I gave, yeah, I gave a B plus. Only, um, I guess as a defensive person, that one Kai Kroger shank kind of sticks out of my mind. Yep.
1: Yeah, g- gave Arkansas yeah, right. a little bit
5: of a short field yeah, there. Yeah, so but
1: but yeah, yeah. Uh, solidly B And and Preston's comments home were, you know, been good having a good student in class. It's
5: been great. It's <laughs> been a pleasure to have in class. He's been a, a ray of sunshine in a room full of darkness. Yeah,
1: keep up the good work. This can very easily be an A next quarter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll go offense next.
3: I mean i i don't I don't know how you can give anything higher than an F. Like, if we're, you know, this is where you, this is, I believe, where you say the, look, you have the potential for so much more. Um, Your upside is still there. There's still time to turn this around. A lot lot of people are maybe saying there isn't, but we're only three games into this season. We're only a, a quarter of the way into this semester. This can still be turned around. However, you better make an A this week on this big test coming up.
4: Yeah. And it may be a deal where, like, you look at the student and it doesn't have as much potential as you thought maybe it did, but you're still like, we can, we can get more here. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it is hard whether you're looking at a stat sheet or you're watching the game or present, hopefully, you're doing both (laughs) and not, you know, this, this offense is not passing the test in any regard. And while I fully understand that you have to kind of, take the Georgia performance with a grain of salt, even though it was not as good as it should have been, there are still two other games to, to rely on. And taking the full picture of all of it, I, it has been a failing effort for the most mm-hmm. part.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Uh, now, Professor Professor Thorne, Coach P over here, mm-hmm. suggested maybe, you know, Marcus, good student, good person, but that maybe this honors or AP class, is just not the right fit for him. That maybe after first quarter, it is worth considering going back to to regular algebra as opposed to honors algebra. Are you guys there?
3: I'm I'm a little more wait and see, but we're
1: Wes wants to see the next test.
3: Okay, yeah, but but we that idea is floating around in the head.
1: Okay, it's it's worth talking to Mrs. Satterfield just just planting that seed so she might be ready for it early in Q2 if it's not too late. Okay, defense.
3: I, whew, I'm a little more torn on on the defense. Um, I'm gonna go a little more positive than than maybe y'all did. I don't know. I'll give them a C minus based on the fact that uh, maybe 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 some. Let's see if I can continue this analogy. There were some extenuating circumstances. Maybe some things going on at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we thought that they would be able to fully focus on everything in class but just there's been some distractions aka a bunch of injuries to this team so,
1: so you you actually missed a couple of days of school cuz you, uh, you you had you broke your leg and you had to go get a cast and or no you broke your arm you haven't been able to take notes
3: yeah yeah um, yeah there have definitely been some issues um and this grade could still go either way okay. at this point right. is is where i am so i actually liked some of the things i saw before you had the issues um but now you got to sort of bounce back and realize you got to figure out how to write with the other hand and and take notes that way
4: yeah i think you you taught me into going c-minus with that i think because i was i was on the d train
5: uh full disclosure if you were as a teacher in high school or middle school right now you would be getting roasted but continue Oh, I was fully aware. Did you
4: see the <laughs> face I made? There's been twice today where I almost said it on the air, and I didn't. We get some eye rolls, anyway. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go C minus because I, I do think there's some. The injuries do have to play in. I think mm-hmm. you do have to look at. They put in. They they gave up 14 points to Georgia State. That's solid, right? No mm-hmm. matter. Let's take out the offense. That was solid. Arkansas game. Had some injuries in game, got banged up, had a bad performance. Georgie had a really bad performance, but you were already missing, you know, what was it? Six five starters, five starters, yep. and some depth guys. And Georgia's really, really good. I'll, I'll benefit of the doubt da- of the doubt that one a little bit. Okay,
1: yeah, I, okay. I went D for that for some of those reasons, and because yeah. it was a solid performance against Georgia okay. State. Preston Preston gave him a, a failing grade a harsh critic of the defense
5: yeah i, I gave him I gave my F to this point um but I was on what Wes said that maybe something's going on mm-hmm. maybe is there a new girlfriend or a boyfriend in town what's what's is, is something something has changed yeah. in his behavior over the past week and we just want to get him back on so maybe my f was more so more like a warning shot yeah like you yeah. could fail this if you continue down this path but i don't think you're a failure. We, we know this student is capable of more. Right. I, I
3: was yeah. about to say this was a solid A B student last year, for sure, and uh, came in with the reputation of there probably aren't going to be any problems here. So we're trying to figure out exactly. Right, Just right, trying we're, to diagnose where diagnosis. the
5: issues at. And I also feel like this student, once you sent them the F, things would change. They right? got it. They'd be yeah. like, oh, oh okay. I need yeah. to tighten up.
1: Yeah, I can't go better than D though because they have given up 92 points in the last two games, which is. <laughs> Not great, Bob. 803-404-6100. We have the overall team grade still yet to go. This is a Shane Beamer grade, or again, just the team as a collective, however you want to think about it. We'll get that from Wes and Chris next.
2: It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. Central takeover hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Fireman With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The
1: Game. A couple minutes left here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, West Mitchell, and the D Train, Chris Clark, here in the Herndon Chevy Studios, giving out final report cards. So I say final report cards. It's it's an interim. It is still just Q1 of the season. Yeah, how like would just slid that in there and just just not even going to acknowledge it. That's that's going to make the intro. All right, guys. Uh, y'all gave out some grades. Y'all both gave a minus for special teams. You both gave C minus for defense. You both gave F for offense. My challenge to you is, uh, well, Chris, you can go first because Wes has been going first, and Wes, you can't pick the same thing as Chris. What is the Shane Beamer head coach slash overall grade that you give South Carolina (laughs) after the first quarter of the academic year?
4: Ooh. Had all all commercial break to think about this. Mm. I'm going to go... I already know what he's gonna say. Do you? We're yeah, gonna be, be close though. He's gonna say C. I was gonna go C minus. Hmm.
1: All right, so you can't pick C minus, Wes. Which is good. That's like you can't pick five. You either got to pick a D or a. Solid now, I'm, now C. I'm
4: wondering why you thought that I was gonna pick that. I just know you. Yeah, that's true. Um, what a what a beautiful relationship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go C then. I, I think <laughs> that's higher than most will give, but. Um, I, this thing for me could still very easily, like I think I am giving a five in that this quite literally, we could be talking about this season in five games or towards the end of this semester and be saying, that's another really, really solid year. Or it could go completely the other direction. I I think most people probably thought South Carolina would be one and two at this point. They probably didn't think it would look quite like it has Mm. at this point. Um if they were one and two and had like played really well against Georgia and played really well against Arkansas, um, I'd probably be a little more okay with one and two. Um, but I am still completely on the fence about where this season is gonna go. Hmm. And I'm trying to remember this time last year, nobody was sitting there saying this team's gonna, you know, win seven games, have a positive finish to the year. Um lots of people were sort of giving up on the season a few games in. So I don't want to make the same mistake. I, th- I think it go okay. either way.
5: What did we give? I feel like I gave maybe a D, That's something awesome. along those lines. But Wes just made me think of maybe there's a student who maybe is a slow starter and just likes to turn it on as, you know, as the, as the year goes on. Yeah. Well,
1: I'll have two chances to do it in the next two weeks. We'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit more specifically about the Charlotte game. Dig into some of the X's and O's and some of the matchups that are going to be crucial for Carolina to not just win, but win convincingly on Saturday. That's all we have time for today. Appreciate you all listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow.
2: Dissecting politics with exclusive interviews, commentary, and humor. Useful Idiots with Katie Halper and Aaron Maté. I really don't like sharks, and I think we live in a very shark-agandistic world. I wish we could just get rid of them as a species, but Mm. apparently that would be bad for the food chain. What about you?
0: I live in New York City, so I'm biased rats. I don't see what they offer. Any rats who watch Useful Idiots, I'm sorry to exclude you.
2: Exclude is a little bit of a euphemism for wishing someone's death. I'm sorry to exclude you from life on Earth. Useful Idiots with Katie Halper and Aaron Maté. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.